Welcome back to Talking Point this evening And I mentioned a journey to Hajj uh, I think it's the third week that we are running with it With Sheikh Ibrahim Ayyubram Sheikh, Assalamu alaikum to you Wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh I believe it was quite a rush getting to the studio The Arab Alims Running all corners of the globe May Allah open the path and can't ask khair and barakat inshallah Amen But it's a nice, for me it's a pleasure, it's a privilege And I'm certain for our listeners as well To have you with us again I believe your son will also be joining us Inshallah, inshallah He's on his way He's on his way, yeah Inshallah Okay, dad has to show the way, lead the way I want to ask you, when we look at the journey to Hajj And, um, you know, I've also said to our listeners Copies of your presentations would be available I'll share the contact details with him a little later on um, but others are also saying that certainly they, they like the way that you present it And you know, may Allah richly reward you for that And yeah. again as always, I'm going to ask you Just to recap where we left off last week Over to you, Sheikh Barakallahu feekum, bismillahir rahmanir rahim Alhamdulillahi wahda wa salatu wa salamu ala man la nabiya ba'ad Rabbi sharuh li sadri wa yasid li amri Wa hlul ugdatan min lisani yafqahu qawli اللهم علمنا بما ينفعنا وانفعنا بما علمتنا وارزقنا علما يا ذا الجلال والإكرام السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته الحمد لله As we said, all thanks and praises due to Allah always and forever We cannot thank our Lord enough for the fact of being of the Ummah of the Nabi Muhammad صلى الله عليه وسلم That's besides the favor furthermore being the believing Ummah of the Nabi Muhammad صلى الله عليه وسلم Allah grant us to be worthy of that status that you have chosen for us and Allah grant us to be of those who follow that path to the best of our ability. When we started this program, we indicated to us that the, what the meaning is for Hajj. And then we looked at the origin of the processes that went within there. there. Thereafter, we dealt with the ruling. We went to certain ayat and certain hadith to allow us to understand what the ruling is on that. And then we went to the, the aspect called the context of where Hajj fits in, into the other and we saw that the Hajj is the last pillar amongst the five pillars of Islam. And we then saw in that last pillar the need of Allah putting this last to allow us to develop holistically so that we in actual fact um, achieve the process of Hajj Magbul and Mabrur. And the important aspect that of all the other arkan, the first arkan is something that you live in what we call short term. You deal with it every split second of your life. The second rukun, we find it to be medium term, salah five times a day. You find the third uh, rukun, uh, zakah, which happens medium term. You need to be able to share that processes of the process. And we find that uh, fasting in the month of Ramadan, um, uh, we see that also as medium term. And we see that, that hajj, for that matter, is long term. Now, long term, I mean that Allah has made it a necessity in the fact once in the life of a believer. May Allah grant it that we actually strive to be able to achieve, to achieve that status. Amen. We've also indicated the process when we were at the process of the ruling, how a necessity it is that each and every Muslim, young or old, rich or poor, must all strive towards that. For if you've striven for that, you've striven for the preparation to meet your Lord. If you did not, you unfortunately would meet Allah not prepared to have met him. May Allah protect. Mm-hmm. We then said that in context we came to realize that there's five arkan. The first rukun was the kalima shahada. And then we looked to that kalima shahada at certain aspects. The very first day off we said it carries the process of a testimony that's personal. Which means you take ownership of this testimony, right? 
And then we said that testimony originally comes from a process where there's very first the aspect of denial and total denial of the fact something like being worthy of worship because that belongs to Allah only. We then went to the status of the word Allah. We said coming to know Allah is an important aspect. You have to have the knowledge of Allah. But that knowledge is found in the Quran and in the Sunnah and in nature. We then went over to the process of besides the knowledge, we need to establish a love between us and Allah. For Allah clearly shows us the extent of his love for us. But he requests of us, if we are truly believers, that we need to establish a firm and solid and a consolidated love greater than all the other love that we have for anything other. Now Allah mentions this in the Holy Quran in, in various points to be able to really understand that how much we need to love Allah above everything and that that love, if it is pure, leads us to obedience to Allah. And then when we be able to have the sense of knowledge and love and obedience, we then reach to the sense of dependence, trust and reliance on our Lord. May Allah grant us to be with those people. Okay. We've then gone over to the process of the second part of the Kalima Shahada, which spoke about our beloved Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And then we said the first aspect thereof is again that testimony that we need to testify for the second time within this Kalima Shahada. And that second testimony must, must also be a very personal testimony. Personal in the sense we take ownership of I. I as the person who makes the statement, wa ashhadu, and I testify. Wa ashhadu anna Muhammad Rasulullah. And I take the total testimony, that statement of Muhammad being a messenger, I take ownership of that, and that I claim that he is my messenger. Subhanak la hawla wa la quwwata illa billah. We've also indicated the process of the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam by name. And when we said him by name, it brings forth the aspect of the fact that we need to have knowledge of who this person is. And I think we shared with you the aspect of a hadith which the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam shared. When he said sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, whenever you see me in a dream, then know for sure that it is me that you've seen. And he qualifies that by saying, for verily shaitan cannot go into my features. The clarification on that is the fact that we must not be fooled when we think that we see in a dream the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa it is him. That is not what he said. He qualified that by saying, whenever you see anything or anybody that claims it's a Nabi and it's not my features, then believe firmly that you've seen something else and shaitan tried to play the game with you. Which surely said to us, the knowledge of the understanding of who Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam for us is for us is a necessity on every Muslim, male and female, young and old. Every Muslim must strive to come to know this Nabi. We must come to know his features, come to know his character, come to know his life. He has been the personified version of Allah's message to you and me. He is the only role model for each and every one of us. Allah calls him the most superlative or the most perfect example in every sphere and every aspect of the need of the life of the human being on earth. So may Allah grant us to be able to take him for that status. So when we see that altogether, we come to see the need for the knowledge of Muhammad, but that also takes us to the second step, to the aspect of love for Muhammad. And I think we, we don't need further reminders of the aspect of that love, only that I need to clear here. Let us not be fooled that the love of Muhammad wasallam is based only when we recite salawat upon him. That is an Aspect most probably the most minor aspect of the love of Allah, the Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam. 
Then after the love of the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa which is the base of our belief, where he says to Sayyidina Umar radiallahu anhum, you have not completed your belief as yet until I am more beloved to you than anything and everything, even your parents, your family, your, your friends, your possessions, and even yourself. So when Sayyidina Umar said, I love you more than all that, the Nabi says, only now have you reached the highest level of Iman. May Allah grant that Iman, level of Iman. We reach there. And then, <coughs> sorry, then we come to the aspect of obedience to Muhammad. Now, what is the relationship between obedience of Allah to the obedience of the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam? Allah says in the Holy Quran when Allah speaks to us, Allah wa ati'ur Rasul. You see, you need to be able to be obedient to Allah and to obedient to His Messenger. These people that today claim in life that we can be Muslim without having to be able to listen to the words of the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. This is not the Nabi saying this. This is Allah's command on everyone who wants to be Muslim. If you believe you are Muslim, if you believe you want to be Muslim, then you don't have a democratic right or even a say in the matter. Nay, you have zero say. The only say you have to say is Sam'an wa ta'a. I've heard Allah gave me the command and I have nothing but to say I'm at, prepared to adhere and to follow that command of you to the T of Allah, not asking, not saying, not making a uh or a mm, not even a but and an and. Everything comes to an end from my side. All I say I've heard and I'm prepared to admit myself to the command of you, O oh Allah, who commanded me to be obedient to your messenger. I've got no say further. No say. Subhanak la hawla wa la illa billah. So the understanding of the obedience to that messenger is exact, exactly the same as the obedience to Allah. And another ayah Allah mentions, this, you know, this is a very strong verse. Allah says, وَمَن يُطِعَ الرَّسُولَ فَقَدَ أَطَاءَ اللَّهِ Whosoever of you have been obedient to my messenger, whom I've sent to you to educate you, to teach you, to skill you, to take you out of darkness and of ignorance, to show you the light, to guide you unto this Salat al-Mustaqim, if you, if whosoever follows him, then that is obedience to me. Now, if you understand the Arabic language, subhanak, the word qad in front of a verb, faqada ata'a, then most definitely, surely, there's no greater form of obedience to Allah than via Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Now, that needs to be an understanding of us, that you and I, when Allah gives a command, we prepare to carry out that command, the person who has given the equal quality of command to you and me, it was his messenger, and he has preferred to be able to give that messenger the right, because the messenger, he says to us, وَمَا يَنْتِقُ عَنِ الْهَوَى He, Allah says, our messenger Muhammad wasallam never ever speaks anything from his memory. He doesn't use his intellectual power to come to draw conclusions and thereby deduct or has made a research. No, he, everything is directly from Allah says, it is a revelation that I've revealed to him. So when he speaks to you, he gives you direct advice of mine. There's probably just a sense of clarity for each and every one of us. When our messenger, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, as human as he is, Allah has allowed him to be able to do, act with us and interact with us, show us how to be human and how to be perfect or the best of human beings on this earth. Our Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa is the most perfect example for that. There is absolutely nobody in the whole universe, 
in the whole world, in the whole human kingdom, that has the capacity of this messenger to be able to show us to be perfect, the most perfect human, if you want to be a perfect, good human being. As a means of this, the best of means, your means like it will be best of work on, then is Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam the best of work on us. Mahalla di pat uopma kus amun. Amun. Sheikh Kudai. <laughs> interrupting you. No I'm going to go with a very short break here and uh, still with us, Sheikh Ibrahim Abrams. It is the program Journey to Hajj. And I see uh, it's a history lesson back in time as we follow in the footsteps of the Holy Prophet Muhammad. Muhammad back with you after this. The voice of the king. The voice of the Welcome back once more to this evening's edition of Talking Point. And again, journey to Hajj with Sheikh Ibrahim Abrams. <coughs> so you just want to pick up where you left off. Sorry that I need to... No, 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 Alhamdulillah, I was busy discussing on the last point the, the aspect of that obedience to our beloved Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam where Allah Ta'ala indicates to us that the obedience of us as Muslims to be Muslim we must be able to be obedient to Allah and we also must be obedient to our beloved Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam because his revelation is direct from Allah Ta'ala and may Allah grant us to be of those people that we can understand then we went into the aspect of the word Rasul. Now the word Rasul, I think I've started last week by saying to us the word Rasul means messenger. And with messenger, we speak about a message. And I don't need to ask you, I'm absolutely sure you know what that message is. I think for just a reminder, that message is of the various answers that probably can come. The message is, the book of Allah is the message from Allah Ta'ala. And the other aspect is, with that book, that very messenger who came to show the application, the personified version of that theory, how you read it, what it's mean, meant, and how Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa would act it out, would show it to you in personified version, and or what we call the, 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 the uh, the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says to us, Utitul Quran wa mithluhu ma'a. I was given, given the Quran and the exact, exact replica thereof with it. Who is that? He himself. Subhanak la hawla wa la quwwata illa billah. May Allah grant us to be able to see our messenger as that and we truly take him as that. And so, that brings us to the what of that message. And then, to who is this message is the next aspect. And now people... Most probably many times you and I would want to say it is for the Arabs or the one for the Muslims or it's for this or it's for that or for the non-Muslims of the day and time or it's for whoever. The answer to exactly who is this message for is it was exactly to none other than me. Not you, not he, not she, not they, not others, but me. Not until you and I can accept that this message was sent to me and Allah's honored me and by me I mean each and every one of us listening each and every one of us participating each of every one of us that claims ourselves Muslim that person needs to say to himself this messenger was sent with his message to me Allah has sent him to me to teach me, to educate me, to skill me, to take me out of jahiliyyah, to take me out of darkness, to guide me on the sirat al-Busraqim, so that I, I, the very I, 
can be the person who can submit to Allah. May Allah grant us to be of those people. Now, you see people, when you see the, with Rasul there with that caliber of recognizing that I'm supposed to be the person who this message was sent to the I. Forget my mom, forget my dad, forget everybody. Forget my sheikh, my mufti, my peer, my maulana. Forget all of them. Don't, they, they not. I must just consider that I, then I need to ask myself the question. If he was sent to me, have I accepted him? Have I submitted in my totality to him and his message that he brought to me? Now, I cannot answer that question for you. But now that you've heard the question, you must be able to answer. And brothers and sisters, this is imperative in part of the first Rukun uh, uh, of this deen Which Hajj is totally Relying and dependent on And if this aspect is not in place And consolidated within Then the last pillar has got no reason To be performed, absolutely no reason Then you don't need to ever go for Hajj Don't even dream about it Because it's no necessity This aspect that we're dealing with right now It is fundamentally Millions, billions, trillions of time More greater than the dream Of wanting to go for Hajj Hajj is a once-off, as we said, long-term goal that you need to set if the first pillar is solid, consolidated, bold, no, not in concrete, not in steel, even greater than that. In Iman, that's greater than steel and taqwa, but that must be in place prior. May Allah open the path for all of us, Amen. that we develop to that stage so that Islam in its two base can be consolidated from there onwards, inshallah. We, we develop to the other, other processes that comes thereafter. Malah open the path, inshallah. Amen. So, um, uh, you don't mind people have asked the very uncomfortable question, which many people don't like me saying, but I'm not here to be able to question you unnecessarily. I'm just bring, st- uh, stirring the mind so that we can actually put ourselves, where do I fit into this, each and every one of us, right? Have you and I accepted this deen? Have we submitted ourselves in totality to Allah and His Messenger? And to be able to live that to the best of our ability? May Allah grant us khair and barakah, inshallah. The last part of the, of the Kalima Shahada is, who is this messenger from? Who is this messenger and the message from? That's very easy. It's from Allah Ta'ala. Now, if you and I, for that matter, have accepted this Kalima Shahada by able to say the words, Ashadu, I testify and I submit myself and I take ownership in its true sense from the first part of the Kalima Shahada and the second part of this Kalima Shahada. It simply, simply means total submission to whatever is the commands of Islam from my side. May Allah grant us to be Muslims. Allahumma ameen ya Rabbil Alameen. Ladies and gentlemen, we then go over to what we call the second pillar of Audin. Now the second pillar of Audin is called Iqami Salah, the establishment of Salah. And you and I know it is the most important establishment after the Kalimatu Shahada. It is the most foremost, most solid, and the aspect of our life that we need to spend the most time in. You need to be able to start to get yourself involved into this ibadah. Because simply the scholar says to us, the concept of Iqami Salah is the relationship between man and Allah. Now, you and I need to ask yourself in concept, is my salah what the scholars are saying? Is my salah a relationship between me and Allah? Or is it an up and down and kiss the ground? Of us, as we say in Afrikaans, right? And just getting done with it, uh, getting over with it. People, 
I'm not saying this because I want to question your authority. I want to stimulate the mind to let us ask this question. What am I making salah? Am I establishing a relationship between me and Allah? Or what am I doing when I'm making salah? Right? Will I climb up? Will I When I get rid of it? Will I get it out of the way? Or do I want to build that relationship between me and Allah? May Allah grant that to become. And, and it's, probably, it's so imperative for us to understand certain aspects with that. The, most, the, 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 the one aspect I want to share with us, and I, I think there's so many that I want to share, but this one as- aspect of the, 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 the Iqamah Salah is the understanding that Allah says to us in the Holy Quran, Allah says to us, now let me interpret it into my interpretation so that you can understand where I'm taking it to when you understand the translation. Allah says, إِنَّ الصَّلَاةَ تَنْهَا عَنِ الْفَحْشَاءِ وَالْمُنْكَرِ Salah has the capacity, and it is the only ibadah that has the capacity to take you away from the onslaught, from the difficulties, from the uncomfort of this what this world has, and what it offers of negativity. It's the only one that can cleanse you from that, and can remove you from the difficulties and the wrongs and the negativities. It is the only aspect that has that capacity to lead and to guide you into that which is khair and best for us in this world in the year after. May Allah grant us to be of those people. So Salah has got that capacity, which means what? If Allah Ta'ala has made this thing a fart upon us, if Allah has made this ibadah a necessity upon us, for what reason? Because Allah is in need of our Salah? No. Because Allah knows if we perform Salah, Allah can cleanse us of the, the negativities of the wrong, of the facade and of the, 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 the possibilities that this world can mislead us and misguide us to that which is purity and what is good for our life and for our year after. May Allah grant us to be of those Amen. people, inshallah, and forgive us for our shortcomings and guide us to what is best for our dunya and best for our akhir. I mean, Sheikh, once more, I'm going to ask you just to hold that thought there for a minute. A short break that we go into and we'll be back with Journey to Hajj with Sheikh Ibrahim Abrams after this. The Voice of the King, the Voice of the Welcome back once more and uh, Sheikh Ibrahim Abrams and it's Journey to Hajj. Sheikh, once more, over to you, sir. And also just a reminder to our listeners, the Adhan for the Waqt of Maghrib will be at 29 minutes to 8. We'll break in, we'll break at 7 at uh, half past and then certainly gives us an opportunity to perform Salah. Shukrashallah. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Alhamdulillah wa'ada wa salatu wa salamu ala malla nabiya ba'd. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, we have come to the aspect called Iqamis Salah, the second pillar of our ibadah. The one aspect that goes, we have confirmed the fact that this Salah is known by the ulama as that relationship between man and Allah Ta'ala, right? But uh, to perform this Salah, this Salah calls for prerequisites. This ibadah calls for prerequisites, means things that need to be seen to prior to performing the Salah, right? If you and I want to perform the salah in accordance, certain things must be in place. <coughs> the first aspect of that is known to be the tahara aspect, which is the cleansing aspect that Allah wants us to be clean. Now, there are certain things in the cleaning aspects that need to be in place, and allow me to start with things that's important, which sometimes is a neg- uh, 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 an aspect that we people are negligent on, or especially some of the youth are negligent on, doesn't realize the seriousness of this. Right? And that is 
the first and fundamental basis within tahara starts off with cleaning and the cleaning the most important part of cleaning or a, 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 an important aspect of cleaning is the aspect called the istinja the jamil is a hadith of our nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam where he once walked in the city of madina with some sahaba radiyallahu anhum very much at the beginning of islam there and the nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam made the statement saying as they were passing by some kubur he said these two kubur the people they in that is buried there in are severely punished by allah taala allah is punishing these people severely in their qabr and so the sahaba looked at the nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam in amazement of this and then the nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam clarified it by saying one of them is a person who has been very negligent with his tongue free the tongue just says what it wants to ek praat soos ek wil ander mense se halle gewalle wil net fit na stories vertel ek sê maar net vir julle ek meen nie om te fit na nie that is the very core what the nabi says here die persoon wat sê ek meen nie om te fit na nie him that person he is going to meet up with severe punishment in his qabr allahu akbar and i'm not saying to want to insult the person or i don't know who i'm speaking to who the listeners is if you're hearing at you other person i'm asking you this is our nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam advising the sahaba radiyallahu anhum you and i if you claim that you are a, a follower of this nabi please make the dua right now oh allah i am one of those sinners please forgive me i don't want to meet up with the punishment of the grave set me free and i make the intention right here i'm going to stop the halakha wala fa anna min sabisahit ikhati anastu wa lisi i'm not going to read the voice i'm not going to read the soul i'm not going to make it my business to be able to understand and to know other people's business and i'm not going to run around by my neighbors from one house to the other to be able to wa anna min that is all just the very aspect of minimum to fit that people the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam is referring to here in the hadith that the first person he was say he says who's been severely punishment punished in his grave was a person who was negligent on with his tongue i let's say tongue i did it's a safe let's listen to the other hadith the nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam says kafa bil mar'i bil mar'i kadhiban an yatahaddath bi kulli ma yasma' sufficient is it our nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam says this to us sufficient is it as lies that you are known to be a liar in the sight of Allah when you hear something and you carry it over immediately without confirmation which means if you just carried the message over as you've heard ek het gehoor dinge sê so en dit is so want hy het so gesê nee 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 hy kan wie ook al wis you don't accept anything that you've heard this one of the be said to us we don't carry because then we can be considered a liar by Allah taala mahallahu subhanahu wa ta'ala amen But the Nabi said in this hadith, these two people are severely punished. And how this hadith relates to the start topic we're dealing with is the aspect of the Nabi said the second one is a person who's been negligent with his istinja. Na latach me di istinja. Di baswan keni huwe toilet gebrekni. Now people, this is imperative for both males and females. And it is an educational process that every mom and dad must teach their children, not when they are grown. not when they are mukallaf but it must be an educational process in the child from a very young age and so when somebody becomes muslim it's a necessity that you and i when are we are with the people we need to be able to guide that person of how to be able to cleanse himself appropriately sheikh i need to break now the waqt of maghrib is virtually upon us and i would want you to 
carry on with that point that you're raising now because fitna is, destroys families and then the second one certainly Allah Akbar, Allahu Akbar. Well, with us it's uh, Sheikh Ibrahim Abrams and when we come back after Maghrib uh, he'll continue with Journey to Hajj The Voice of the King, the Voice of the Well, a very warm welcome once more to this evening's edition of Talking Points. Still with me, Sheikh Ibrahim Abrams and Sheikh continuing with Journey to Hajj. Uh, we have another guest in studio, Muhammad Abrams, Sheikh Sons. Muhammad, salam alaikum to you. Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. What have we got here? Father and son team this evening. It's <laughs> nice having you here. Your first sure. time at the studio? Yeah, definitely. It's first first time. time. I hope it's not the last time. No, sure. But shukran for taking time. Of course, a young person being here. And being in the shadow of your dad, yeah. <laughs> so, I also want to say on this, uh, I'm certain our listeners might be wondering, we're not opening the lines and, and SMSs, but I think you, you said to me, you don't want to be really distracted on what you are. Um, so, phone-ins, out of the question, could we look at, perhaps, at certain SMSs that come through, and, and we'll choose a, a, a time when you can respond to that. Yes, you can. I myself that. wouldn't want to distract you from No, no, de- definitely. I mean, shukans, no disrespect. I don't hope the people feel uncomfortable. Um, but we would, would like to see an interactive process. If, so if the people have SMSs that they want to forward, mm-hmm. we'll prefer that. But unfortunately, it was agreed upon that we're not going to take full phone calls. Yes. Unfortunately, to be able to keep the flow of the, of the program to run. Beautiful. So listeners, there you have it. 47913 is the number. 47913. SMSs only send them through. We'll have a look at it and see if Sheikh is able, if time allows, that Sheikh wants to. I'll, I'll monitor it and just uh, get Sheikh to have a look at it and try and answer that, inshallah. Ladies and gentlemen, we ended off uh, before the before the break before Maghrib Salah on a very important note, and we spoke up to you um, relating to the Hadith of the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam dealing with Tahara on the issue of those two people that's in the grave, which the Nabi says these two people are severely punished in the grave, and the one the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam says is a person who's very negligent with his tongue, a person who's careless with the tongue. Now, people. Carelessing with the tongue could be liars, people who lie. Careless with the tongue is people who create fitna, stories about other people. People who hear things from other people or just look around and try to find whatever they, they probably can add to their tongue for the day. Now, most probably I would want to give us an antidote to that, if you don't mind. Yeah, the sure. tongue can be used positive and negative. And so if you've managed to use the tongue negatively, and I think we've mentioned the things that goes in the negativity with it, the, the, the unfortunate result is in your qabr, not Yawm al-Qiyamah yet. Yawm al-Qiyamah you will be severely punished, but in your qabr already the punishment will start there extensively. Subhanak in the words of the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. But the positive or the antidote to that is, if you use your tongue for dhikrullah, if you use your tongue for the remembrance of Allah and use it a lot, most probably Allah can forgive you for your other sins that you've made with the tongue and allow that to be able to polish the heart, 
cleanse the heart, protect us from the negativity that there has been, so that Allah can take us to the path of positivity. May Allah open the path for all of us, inshallah. And so we've dealt with the aspect of where the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa said that the other person in the other grave is also severely punished. And we said, the Nabi said, because that person, sallallahu alayhi wa said, that person is has been negligent with his istinja. Now people, this is a very serious note that Nabi wants to bring to us. He wants us to understand that when a Muslim is negligent with the istinja, then unfortunately all your salahs is not been accepted. And because you are now infested within shaitan, he is in your total life, he takes over your blood, your external power process outside, externally, he is besmit mit shaitan, and he is besmit mit home and your verstand, and then your yellow lacham, your blood, your nervous system and everything, is now covered in satanism and sight, and everything that's satanic, you will do and you will think and you will act to that extent. May Allah protect. And you get yourself away from the mercy of Allah and from the positive malaika to bring khair and barakah to your life. They keep themselves clear from you. But your your action, because you were negligent with this, with with with, with, with negligent with the istinja, you 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 are filthy around your private parts. You are dirty. And because of that, that, that draws shaitan nearer to you. It, it actually gives shaitan a, a free ticket to you 24-7. He's, he's, he lives with you. He enjoys every split second with you. And so if the Adan goes, he doesn't run away from you like what he'd normally run away. He'll run into you. He'll make you his protective process. Na'udhu billah. That is how serious the process is when both males and females are negligent with the istinja. But our Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam has then given us the guidance of how to do the process by having to say to us that we must understand that um, the, 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 the urine comes from, it goes through the, from the blood into the, the kidneys. The kidneys does, does the cleansing and send the urine from the kidney to the bladder. And it stores in, in the bladder. At a certain point after it's sta- stored there, the blood uh, in from the bladder there is a process that gives us the emotion or the feeling um, in, through the nervous system to allow us to feel that I want to go to the toilet to relieve myself. But that only means that there is urine inside the bladder. And so when that happens, we need to go to the toilet to relieve ourselves. But not everything comes out of that bladder when we just go to the toilet to relieve ourselves. Right? So... Our Nabi has taught us that if the person leaves the toilet and he moves his body around, the last few drops that's in the bladder moves in into the duct. But let's see the Afrikaans, the paper, the bladder, and the bladder, and the private parts of the person, and then, the of the person, and then, then it only spills out of there onto the person's clothing or onto his body. And if that happens on the clothing while she's walking outside has left. And that's why from an Islamic perspective, we cannot relieve ourselves by just having to say, Shaking the private parts does not clean the body. That in actual fact uh, allows everything to spill, spills around and it fills, it, fills, uh, uh, it brings filth onto your clothing, onto your body, onto everything around us. May Allah protect. Mm-hmm. So that is not a means of cleansing. The means of cleansing taught to us by the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is that when we use the toilet, males and females, we never stand and use the toilet. 
because the standing position prevents the pressure on the bladder to allow the, the urine to come out. So there is obvious urine in the duct or urine still in the, in, in the bladder, which will, in the movement of moving, will come out. Thus, our Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa said to us, we need to sit and urine, right? And when you people have sat and urine, our Nabi has taken it further to, to that, has said to us that we, as males and females, we give a, we be pressure onto the, onto the, 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 the uh, ladder by giving a cough. Now, if you if you give the cough, people do yourselves a favor. Put your hand on your chest, and you feel what happens when you put give a small cough. <coughs> you feel the pressure on the chest. Now, that very pressure happens on the private parts at the bottom, at that moment. And when that happens, the pressure goes onto the bladder, and it pushes the last bits out of the bladder into the duct, and it allows it to come out. And then the person needs to put pressure onto his body. <coughs> that pressure gives, and that pressure allows it comes out, and even that that, that it gives it some more. Coughing effects allows it all to come through the duct to the front and it pressurizes that to the front and the Nabi says to us that if it comes off uh, out, you throw water over there to neutralize it if it's you using water or the, you can use other means to cleanse yourself as well. The dry form of cleansing in this ninja is permissible. The only aspect that need, we need to understand is that you need to do that more than once. So if you've done that once, you need to do it the second time. And only at the last time when there's nothing coming out of your private house anymore, now you throw your last bit of water over to cleanse the process by saying you've estinged properly. May Allah grant us to be with those people Amen. to understand how serious the estinger is in the life of the Muslim. Amen. Sheikh, unfortunately, that's where we are going to leave it for tonight. And barakallah And um, the no SMSs have come through because... I would also want to pose the question and uh, maybe we'll answer it for us next week. Inshallah. Allah willing. Uh, because I know many elderly people who go and urinate, um, especially males, and they say, well, you know, long after I've urinated and done everything you've yeah. done, they still feel drips. And they, uh, there are certain measures and mm. things mm. that they need to put in place there. Mm. Mm. But next week, ask Inshallah. Shukran for that question. That I think a very pertinent question. Mm. I mean, it's, 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 it's very pertinent. It fits into the process also. And how that, that, that how does the person affect that person's ibadah and Ameen. all those? May Ameen. Allah open the path for all of us. I mean, Sheikh, once more, Shukran. Muhammad, it was just a bit of a baptism here tonight. I'm <laughs> <laughs> certain you'll join us next week as well. Inshallah. Inshallah. Shukran once more, Sheikh, to you, Muhammad. And I say to you, Wassalamu alaikum. Wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Shukran wa alaikum. Wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.